Welcome to North Liberty Library's Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast, a series of universal talks gently guided by open hearts and open minds. Listen to ignite the light in you and to appreciate the light in others. Hello, I'm Kelly with North Liberty Library, and I thank you for joining us today on Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast. You can also catch Love, Light, and Lit on Facebook Live every Monday at 12 noon Central. Be sure to follow North Liberty Library on Facebook to get notifications. As a mother of two, I remember all too well my first introduction to motherhood when my oldest was a tiny bundle of joy. Those first few months of motherhood can be daunting, especially if you are balancing employment with it. Whether you work under your family's roof or have a job outside of the home, maintaining a work-life balance can be rewarding and challenging all at the same time. Today's guest, Megan Dial-Lapswich, is the director of the Oxford Public Library. She is a graduate of the University of Iowa's School of Library and Information Science and a huge Hawkeye fan. She and her husband welcomed their first baby in December 2020. Her favorite things are books and baby snuggles. Today, Megan's been gracious enough to share her new motherhood journey, as well as what has functioned for her when managing her own work-life balance. Welcome, Megan. Thanks for joining us today. Yes, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Um, This topic is obviously near and dear to my heart, so I'm really happy to be here. And I also have my son Jamie with me, so we might have some baby sounds in the background as we go. Which is 100% welcome here on Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast, of course. It's so wonderful to see you and little Jamie. Sorry, audience, you can only hear audio. (laughs) So let's open up this conversation by telling the audience first a little bit about both sides of your balance. So what your balance story looks like. Talk to us about your family dynamic and your work dynamic. Yeah, so I'm a new mom, as you said. Jamie will be six months, June 19th, so coming up. And I am very fortunate to have a husband who has worked from home for several years before the pandemic. So when that came, our normal didn't shift a whole lot. We live in Oxford. Our home's only about two blocks from the library, so I also have a very short commute I started as the Oxford Library Director March 1st of 2020, and then about 16 days later, the world shifted, and that looked very different than I thought it was going to for a while. And up until May of this year, so just recently, I was a solo librarian. I didn't have any other paid staff in the library with me, which worked really well when I was pregnant, because it was just me. But once Jamie came along in December and my husband and I decided as a family that we did not want to do daycare, that was a bit more tough for all of the obvious reasons. Babies are a world unto themselves. So I was lucky enough, I have got an assistant now that works at the library with me. So that has helped a lot with that balance. Mm -hmm. It's allowed me to be a mom full-time and work part-time. We've just opened our doors again to the library in May, and so having that assistant has made that shift 
possible as well. So yeah, so that's kind of what my two worlds look like. That's interesting that you are able to have some assistance for your home life at the workplace. I know you're probably very grateful for that assistance. How do you find that person? Is it more of a volunteer basis? Does someone, you know, that's already on staff just agree to do it out of goodwill? Or is it a position you created? Tell me a bit about how finding an assistant at work worked out for you. I was really struggling when I was back working again after having Jamie. I felt like last year, even in the pandemic, the Oxford Library did really, really well with everything that we offered. Being the first director that's lived in town, I felt really connected with the community and have been having great momentum. And then I had to build the library and to build the library's connection with the community. And then having Jamie made that really hard for me to find the time to make that happen, to continue that momentum, especially going into summer. Summer reading is huge for libraries. And I hit a point where I told my board, I don't know if I can continue to work at the same level that I have been while also having Jamie. I want to continue to keep providing all these opportunities and keep growing the library for the community. And to do that, I need help. We were lucky enough actually for the end of this year, the end of the fiscal year for our budget, to have some money left over because when I was on maternity leave, I was just on unpaid leave since I'm part-time. So money that was left from when I normally would have been getting paid, we were able to use that in our budget to hire somebody and then just budget for this coming fiscal year to keep them on. So that worked out. And I was lucky enough to hire somebody who actually went through the master's program with me at Iowa. I knew her already. She and I balance each other really well. We've got skills that complement each other. And it's just made everything possible. Opening possible, like me continuing to be able to do some of our outreach work and some of the behind the scenes stuff based on what Jamie's schedule is, while still making sure that people have access to the library. So Megan, it sounds like between a mix of preparation, planning, and just asking for help, I think is probably how this was able to come together. I think that last point, asking for help, you know, it's really hard for people in general, but especially mothers and parents to ask for help. Have you always been able to assess your needs and say, I need help here? Or was this a situation where you kind of had a come to light moment to say, I need to ask for help. Yes. I said that so emphatically, sleeping Jamie jumped a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Asking for help has absolutely never been my go-to move. I like my independence. I like to think I am a strong, independent woman. I will do all of the things. And I have come to realize that strong, independent women are people who also ask for help (laughs) and has nothing to do with any of those things and that we need help, not only asking for it, but I think one of the big things that I learned right off the bat was that when people offer help to us to accept that Mm -hmm. I have always been the kind of person who's really quick to just say like, no, that's okay. I got it. I'm good. Cause like I said, I like to be independent, but also I just would always feel like, 
I don't want to be a burden. You don't want to impose. Right. They right. might just be asking like because they think they need to. And I have learned that when people offer you help, they are offering because they want to give you help. Yes. <laughs> and yes. to say, you know what? Yeah, that'd be great. Like if you want to make us food, we will take that. Jamie came four weeks early. We didn't have any preemie clothes. And we had a neighbor who said, hey, I'll go shopping for preemie clothes for you guys. And it was just like, okay. Normally yeah. I would have always thought like, no, that's okay. Like, don't worry about it. But I was happy to accept. And I think that they were happy to offer that to us as well to help us in that way. And so I have learned not only to ask for that help, but to offer it when it has provided. And it's something I'm just getting better and better at as I'm a mom for longer and longer. Yes, I have two children, one who is entering his freshman year in school, and I have another who's entering her fifth year uh, in elementary. So 10 years ago or so is the last time I had to deal with a baby. And you really do underestimate how much help you actually need, especially during those first few weeks. What lessons did you learn about motherhood during those first few weeks that continues to ring true for you when it comes to work-life balance? Yeah. So beyond just the asking for help and taking help when offered, I think the other big thing is learning how to prioritize and realizing that there are times when what I thought I would prioritize is actually not what needs to be prioritized. Like, for example, <laughs> there have been times when I have said to myself, okay, tomorrow I'm going to get this, this, and this done at the library. and Jamie will be with me. It'll be fine. I can kind of make it happen. And then we get to that day and Jamie decides, you know what? Growing is really hard today and I'm going to need you to hold me all day. <laughs> and if I'm asleep in your arms and you put me down, I'm going to be awake instantly and start fussing and crying and you're going to need to pick me back up. <laughs> and so obviously I just always thought to myself that the work would still be a priority and cleaning my house, for example, would still be a priority and I would need to get these things done. And what I have learned is that, yes, those things are priorities, but being a mom is oftentimes going to take the ultimate priority step. And so I have to plan around that. Like, I can't leave things to the last minute. I can't yeah. leave projects for the library for work until the day before they need to get done because it might be a day that I can't get work done. And I know that with preparing, because I want to circle back to the leave, because you mentioned maternity leave during one of the previous questions. I want to explore that a little bit because I think we have people in the audience who are either expecting or are trying to conceive, and they're already kind of what I call future tripping about, you know, what does leave look like? What do daycare options look like? When you were preparing to return to work after your family leave, what resources did you have in place to make that transition a little easier? I imagine having the assistant really helped make that transition easier. Were there any emotional transitions or mental transitions. I know that I stayed home with both of my kids for 
three months each. I was working outside of the home when I gave birth to both of my children. And there was definitely a level of mental and emotional preparation that I needed to do before reentering the workplace. Let's talk a little bit about what you did in that respect. The biggest thing for me, and I cannot say enough how blessed I am to have a husband, a partner who is full on into this. So we knew that we were not going to do daycare. We kind of decided that beforehand just because daycare is very expensive. And for me only to be working part time and then also doing daycare, the math seemed weird. You know, it didn't make a lot of sense as well as time spent. And I sort of got hit in a way I didn't think I would where I realized I want to be there for everything. <laughs> I yeah. want to see yes. all the stuff. And we're in a situation where I'm able to do that. And again, the expense of daycare is mind boggling. Also, COVID made it kind of hard. We were still in the pandemic and being very, very careful when Jamie was first born and even when I first was getting ready to go back to work. So our bubble was very small. We had my parents who are retired. They live on the other side of the state, so they're not super close, but they were able to help us out. I think my mom stayed with us for that first month that I was off mm -hmm. to help us figure out how do we keep this baby alive? <laughs> how do we keep ourselves alive? And how do we make the things that have to happen each day happen? So she helped us ease through that transition without floundering, I suppose, for the first few weeks to let us get our feet under us, to let us get a little bit of sleep. But that was really where I had the support was just from my partner and then my parents. And it feels like I should have had other resources. And I think if we hadn't been in the middle of COVID still and in the middle of winter, that that might have been a longer list of people. But since starting back to work, I have really connected with a lot of other librarians in the area, actually, who are newer moms who are also working, whether full-time or part-time. And that's been amazing for me mentally to be able to talk yeah. about the challenges, to be able to talk about the positives. I think more often than not, we just need to vent a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> just yes. People to say like, hey, this is hard. Is yeah. it hard for you? Okay, good. This is hard. I love that mothers are much more candid and having those more candid discussions because when I was having babies 10, 15 years ago, it was still kind of this perfect mommy structure that was going on and it made mothers ambivalent about sharing the struggles that they've been having. So I'm very pleased to hear that in your experience, you've been able to cultivate a yeah. community of mothers where you can have those very frank and deep conversations about the, the struggles of motherhood. Absolutely. And um, throughout pregnancy even as well. I think that that's yeah. something that is different. And I was very sick. And I was the person that did not like being pregnant. Hated it. <laughs> Finding people that I could just say like, this, this really sucks. Like I love what the reward is going to be. But like right now I just need to talk about how hard it is. And it is the same now. And it is very mentally and soulfully cleansing <laughs> to just be able to say how hard everything is. Now, 
as parents, we can only prepare so much. I think you and I have something in common there where we wanted to make sure everything was in place. And I think sometimes when you are a working mother, whether you're working inside or outside of the home, you really want to make sure your plans are in place because not only are you trying to keep your career going, you're trying to keep motherhood going and you're kind of spinning in both directions. But what are some of your strategies for handling unexpected surprises that often happen with babies, especially that may disrupt the work-life balance. So when you're about six months in, yep. what strategies have you learned so far? Yeah, I have just had to tell myself, you really can't control anything anymore. And so, you know, when he needs to eat, there's not much I can do about it. When he has a diaper blowout, I don't decide when those things happen. And so I'm an anxious person like naturally. And so it's been a big thing for me to be able to learn to just let it go. Like mm. he's hungry right now. And feed him. <laughs> and staying and, present. I think that that's what I'm hearing a lot from your response is just staying present, understanding that these unexpected surprises and things that happen are still happening in the present tense. So it's important yes. to be in that moment yes. and do what you need to do instead of future tripping about things you may be missing out on. Yes. I mean, today there's a perfect example of learning to let go of things that I don't have to hold on to if they're causing me stress. I was supposed to have a few things this evening, like back to back to back, all kind of related to work. None of them are things that I have to do. Instead of stressing myself out, instead of worrying, is he going to have enough to eat? It would be going over bedtime. So it would be a lot of extra planning around Jamie's schedule. I was just like, you know what? I can let one of these things go. One of them is fine. The world will not end. <laughs> Everything will be okay. People are flexible. I can be flexible. And for this week, just let this one thing slide because no one's making me do it. It's something that I want to do. It's something that I like doing. But other things have come up that are things that have to take priority. And I need to make sure that those happen. I also need to make sure that I can take care of Jamie. And so it's just about telling myself like, no one's making me do this. Mm -hmm. That's not always true, obviously. And so it's important for me to realize when that is true, when it's things that do not have to happen right. and everything will still work out. Everything will still be okay. And if it's just causing added stress to just like, let it go for one time and it'll be all right. It will. And that will make everything about me as a librarian today in those environments that I'm in and everything about how I am as a mom later today with him so much better. That's hard for me to do because I am a type A person. I am a go-getter. I want to do all of the things. And I have learned that now I can't always do all of the things. But that is okay. And I am the only one that is, like, stressing about it. I'm the only one that's holding that over my head. So I just got to... Yes, absolutely. So now we talked about work-life balance in the sense of balancing childcare duties and balancing our work life. Where does the care for self come in? I know self-care is such a big buzzword these days. Does that ever show up in your process where you're focusing on taking care of yourself? How does that show up for you? There's a Facebook group called Pregnant and Postpartum in the Corridor that has been an amazing community and resource that I didn't even know I needed. And the women who run it 
are wonderful about sharing things every day to remind women in various stages of being pregnant or postpartum that taking care of us is vital to our ability to take care of our babies or our children or anyone else in our lives mm -hmm. and are also really good at reminding us like showering or yeah. brushing our teeth <laughs> or things like that are not self-care they are basic human needs uh, yes yes and yes. we should not have to fight to do those each day <laughs> absolutely and so my husband is really great we've gotten to a point now where i can tell him in the evening sometimes like look i need 30 minutes to myself yeah. like here's jamie i'm taking my book i'm going into the bathroom i'm gonna take a bath and i'm just gonna like have some time where the bath temperature can be as hot as I want it. I'm going to read my book and you're going to have our son and you both are going to be fine and I'm going to be fine. And I'm going to come out on the other side of this little 30 minutes of pampering so much better. <laughs> yes. I remember I used to have that unspoken rule with my husband when he would come in and I would say, okay, here's a child. Yep. And then I would have the half hour, hour to do whatever. And it goes back to what we were talking about before about how vital it is to ask for help yep. and how even more vital I think it is to accept it from others. Yes. And I know we have had times where I have found myself being more nitpicky, more stressed, more anxious. And that comes out in how I am as a partner how I am as a mother and I have learned like, okay, this probably means that I need a minute <laughs> or 30 or 60 of them right. to just reset. So I tell myself that that self-care is not a luxury. It's necessary because we really do need to just have our brains not be caring about everything else where I'm not worried about what I'm doing for work, where I'm not worried about what Jamie needs in the minute where all I'm doing is relaxing and thinking about reading my book or whatever it is that I need in that minute to relax. Sure. Absolutely. Well, this is such a lovely conversation. I hate to see it end, Megan, but thank you so much for you and little baby Jamie for joining us today. I am more than confident that our audience has gained some great information from this conversation. Tell us, where can listeners learn more about you, your library, and your own parenting journey? Yes, absolutely. Well, I for sure have to plug the Oxford Public Library's Facebook page. We keep that pretty up to date with everything we've got going on. And then I also talk about books and mom things on my personal Instagram, which is Iowa Book Girl, at Iowa Book Girl. So I would say if anyone wants to learn more about where I'm at with books and babies, check that out. And then the Oxford Library's Facebook page. All right. Fantastic. I love this. Thank you so much, Megan. This again is Kelly, and this has been Love, Light, and Lit, the podcast presented by the North Liberty Library. Today, we talked with Megan Dial Lapswich, and please check out our show notes from today's episode to find out more about her work and resources. And also, please be sure to visit our website at northlibertylibrary.org for additional programming and services. Thanks for listening.